With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I want to talk to him. One of the great arts of conversation. Sounds charming. The only thing that sounds better is the radio. Well, I tune right in at midnight. Pretending to the radio waves. I hold my thoughts till they're just right. Always listen to the Bradley J. I was opening views with ears on the news As they talked, I was focused so much I called on the phone in my car and my home Came out in control and in touch Amid all the sound and the thoughts that surround When they said, speak up, I didn't walk Ooh, WBZ. It's WBZ, and we have extra innings with our guest, Randy Ellis. We're talking about Medicare. It's so complicated. It's going to take a number of shows on this topic for you to glean all you need to. Just one go at it will we'll leave gaps, just like painting. It's going to take a couple of coats of knowledge to cover this whole thing up. Randy, thanks for staying with us. You're a late night guy, and I appreciate that. Great. Before I just now, before we went on, you said, "Did I cover something?" And I'm not sure. So ask me the question now. I want to make sure I highlighted the importance as you uh, reach retirement uh, from your company. The uh, I think I was rushing at the end. Um, that there are two things that matter. One is, did you leave your employment? And the other, did your employer stop your insurance coverage? Now, many people intentionally continue co- coverage under their employer because it's more generous than Medicare. Uh, it might They might do that for a year. And that's dangerous for Medicare. And they're still working. They're, no, no. They, they're not. They, they quit working, yeah. and then they choose to pay for the more generous coverage under Medicare uh, under their COBRA. Uh, Cobra. Oh, COBRA. COBRA okay, means yeah. the, you get your chance to buy into your commercial in health coverage with your employer by paying the full premium. That's, yeah. that's what many people Why would do. anyone want to do that? It's so wildly expensive. Uh, yes, some people, uh, it, if they may even get some degree of subsidy from their employer, but mostly it is wildly expensive. But they really like the generous coverage, or maybe they have a spouse who's uh, working in covering uh, their insurance. <laughs> okay. But the key thing I want to say is you have to be careful because your penalty for not having Part B is based on the earlier of either leaving your work or your uh, termination of your coverage. So if you ch- your employer generously gives you several more months of coverage, maybe while you were looking for a job and then you gave up, then uh, that is dangerous because you will then have a penalty when you start paying for Part B or D. So wouldn't that count as creditable coverage, though? Uh, 
So, uh, so that's a good question. And yes, if you had credible coverage that's uh, as good as Medicare, then you probably would be exempt from this penalty. And uh, I am not an expert on how they decide on credible coverage, but most commercial plans that are covering employed people are credible compared to Medicare because Medicare has a lot of uh, uncovered uh, expenses. Well, the only way to know is that the, if the company sends a letter it says you have credit you have coverage. To ask you, your employer for a, a letter saying yes, this yeah. plan counts as qualified uh, credible coverage. If you can't but, get that, then you you are walking on right. thin ice. And I want to also highlight that there's been growth in employers offering extremely high deductible plans, maybe with a five or ten thousand deductible, which aren't counting as credible coverage under the Medicare because they they're only paying forty percent of expected costs. I read an article today that said these high deductible plans. Are keeping people from getting care because it basically mm -hmm. it's like having no coverage until you unless you get a catastrophic illness but anything up to that stuff that you probably should get taken care of they don't that's correct i think there's evidence that the high deductibles discourage people from going in for prevention even though that will be free yeah. even with a high deductible or they just avoid buying their drugs or they're getting their routine kinds of um, maintenance care um, because of fear of the deductible. And that can be dangerous as well. Um, and I, I want to correct one thing I said. I said five or $10,000. Actually, the Affordable Care Act limits the deductible that uh, anyone can pay. Uh, the maximum out of pocket is a number a little over $7,000. So none of them are going to be much above that. But that's a lot of financial risk for people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, you you study healthcare in the big picture. So, may I ask you, under any of or most of the single pair paradigms, would this all get much simpler? Would this all go away? I think uh, it might not go away in that a lot of the proposals are to allow kind of a extension of medicare to younger people okay so they so there might still be medicare advantage and right. hopefully not these supplementary it's policies. just that that younger would, people would have to be asking the questions that we're asking right now that's correct shouldn't yeah. they teach this in school uh, because even young people yeah. need to know how to deal with their parents <laughs> well i think that commercial uh, plans like employer coverage uh they typically don't want this amount of complexity because their employees would be spending too much time trying to figure out which plan to be in and how to cover things. So they actually simplify it and they pool together. Your drug coverage is included with your health coverage and your hospital is included with your physician bills. So they, they, they don't put up with all of this complexity. I don't quite know why we have it in the Medicare. So again, the Advantage plan yeah. eliminates lots of complexity it because does. it... You don't have to wonder, after original, original Medicare pays what they pay, how am I going to get the supplemental to get the remaining bill and pay that? It's all in one thing. And the trick is, I guess, to find a sweet spot in the Advantage plan. This is me thinking about me now. Uh -huh. right. In the Advantage plan, you get a high enough level Advantage plan so you get the doctor you want. I think that fitting the panel that you have, the drugs you want to use, and the degree of financial risk or burden you're willing to take, those are the three main things in choosing between the A and B only, the adding on Part C instead, or adding on prescription What drugs. were those three factors again? Your 
your uh, willingness to take a narrower panel of doctors yeah. and hospitals, yeah. um, your the types of drugs you use, yeah. like are you going to need to have some $10,000 or, or $2,000 a year drugs? If you do, then you want to have generous prescription yeah. drug coverage. And the third one is the trade-off between the premium that you pay for sure or the deductibles and cost sharing that you have to yeah. pay by choosing a less generous plan. So you can save on the premium, but then you will end up paying more when you get sick. I guess I'm kind of a... There's also the the benefit of not wor worrying. People don't monetize that. I do. I, so for me, yeah. not worrying is kind of worth some money, and I pay a little bit more for that. I agree completely, and, uh, and my wife and I really like a plan where we're not agonizing over, okay, how much is this going to pay? Now, even though we're you know, quite comfortable, it's still annoying when you see a doctor and you don't know what something's going to cost and you can't make a, a judgment. Whereas a generous plan, it sort of eliminates costs from a lot of your decisions. Now, the next item, I believe we covered off the air and we should cover it on the air. If we already covered it on the air, it's so important. It's no harm. There's no harm in hearing it again. <laughs> <laughs> That's coming up. Very pleased to have Randy here, especially so late at night. Now, Let's talk about Part D. And we're, right now we're going through the imaginary choosing of the level of Part D. You can get a cheap level with fewer drugs that are included or more expensive that more are included. And it's just kind of a guessing game. I mean, in some ways it's a guessing game. Of course, you know the drugs you're on at the time. Right. But you don't know the drugs you may need by the time the next enrollment period rolls around. So you have to kind of decide, do I want to take a chance that I may need some $25,000 hepatitis pill between now and the next enrollment period or not? Can you kind of walk through the, the process of figuring that out? Well, I think you framed it really well. And uh, so just to remind people, the Part D is covering uh, um, out-of-hospital prescription drug use. Uh, if you have uh, health uh, drugs uh, use, uh, you know, you're given drugs in the hospital, those are covered by Part A and B. So there's a hospital-based drugs are not included in Part D because it's only for the things you go to the pharmacy to uh, to uh, purchase. Anesthesia, anesthesiologist not covered under A at this time, but covered under B? Correct. But what about yes. the anesthesia itself? It's that's all covered under hospital. hospital. That's covered by Part A and B. All right. So, so I'm just mentioning that because if you're in the hospital and they offer you uh, drugs that instead you could go out and buy at the pharmacy, try to get them at the hospital because they'll be covered under your Part A and B. Can you ask not, them for like a, a bonus. Some of them give even little, uh, you know, to go packages. They give you the sample package so that they can get you to start using that drug. That's the celebrity uh, treatment. That's correct. Yes. Okay. So anyway, then you now the Part D um, prescription drugs. You have a variety of different plans, and they vary a lot in uh, how wide a coverage, how many different drugs they cover, especially the expensive brand name drugs. And there are rules that they have to cover at least some drug in each of a variety of therapeutic classes. And uh, so even the lowest premium one will cover the low-cost uh, painkiller or the um, biosodilator uh, kinds of drugs. But the, uh, you won't get the expensive brand names. In Does that cases. matter? 
Um, you know, in many cases for specific diseases, it can matter. And I do believe that a lot of these expensive new drugs are really quite effective. Even though they're horrendously expensive, they are very effective. But not a, not the uh, like the super expensive drugs, but you say that in the low-cost plan, an example of each type of medication has to be included. It may be the generic one. Right. Mm-hmm. And not the... The more expensive, expensive brand, brand name. Does right. it matter? Is it ever okay. not okay to get the generic one? So let me be clear that um, that uh, lots of drugs that are brand names uh, have um, generic equivalents. If it's an equivalent, it doesn't matter. They're, okay. uh, they're, 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 that's why they're equivalent. They're identical chemical okay. compound. But there are lots of very similar kinds of drugs where they've improved and reduced the side effects or improved its ability okay. to treat the condition. And then I'm going to give you that one. That one that's going to be expensive. It's, it's brand new. It doesn't have any competitors. So, so it's in the same class. That's right. So, but they're not going to give that to you under the cheap plan, that's even correct. though it's not quite the same thing. Not quite the okay. same thing. No, right. So that's good to know. But yeah. And of course, the cheap plan is not going to cover your $20,000 $20, drug. What, by the way, what, what are those? I know that hepatitis well, cure is very expensive. The, what um, else? The uh, the two of the top five right now are Humira um, and Enbrel are both um, drugs for treating rheumatoid arthritis. So they're quite effective at reducing swelling, and I know some people who swear by them as being, you know, transformational. And those are super expensive. And they're very expensive, yes. Um, How much are they? Um, I think they're on the order of it can be it varies by plan, but it can be uh, three to five thousand dollars a month, or it can be you know, you know so you must have really sore joints to be paying five thousand dollars a month. Uh, well, no, no, no. Remember, your health plan is paying most of that. Oh, and right. You in a commercial insurance, you might only be paying a hundred dollars a month. So my so. knees hurt a little bit. Do you think it's not rheumatoid arthritis? Right. Okay. Right. Anything else on? So the prescription drug plans, they have a variety of uh, options for both the copayment. They usually have tiers of drugs and the, the generics they make, make free or $5 drugs. And then the highest tiers, the fourth and fifth tiers, they might um, require $100 copayment for getting it. Or in some cases, they switch over for the very expensive drugs in Medicare and the Part D plans only uh, they make you pay about a quarter, a twenty-six percent. In the case of, uh, um, you know, the Blue Cross Blue Shield plans, they pay twenty-six percent of the highest cost drugs. Now we haven't talked about that. I'm giving the overview of these uh, plans, but there's uh, a lot of features where, you, when you first start, you typically have to pay a deductible in your prescription drug plan of um, four hundred fifty-one case under the the basic uh, Part D. $451 annual deductible before okay. you get any coverage. And then you start getting meaningful coverage for a period up to around $3,800. So it depends on your plan. But there'll be 50% coverage or more for a lot of drugs till you get up to a threshold. And then something very strange happens called the donut yeah, hole. Yeah, explain the donut hole. The donut hole was put in to help control costs and in a sense, punish companies for charging more than about $3,000 a year for drugs. Um, and it, it is a range uh, in which the consumer has essentially no coverage originally, although now it's way, it whittled down to 
you may only have uh, 70% coverage. So you pay this, uh, you know, 26% um, coverage. I know it's very complicated. And then you over that entire range for about another $3,000, you are going to keep paying this high deductible until you get out of your donut hole, which usually happens around eight or $10,000 of total drug spending. Finally, you get back to where you have generous coverage and you get 95% of the cost of your drugs covered, and you only pay five percent. So, what's the usual donut hole like? R from roughly like seven grand, from, it's around a seven grand from around three thousand to uh, ten thousand dollars of spending, where you have to pay a sizable amount out of pocket. How he come? I don't understand why the complicatedness of this all hasn't been factored in as as an issue. It just hasn't. Well, one of the uh, uh, missions of the Affordable Care Act has been to phase it out, and they're still in the phase-out period for this donut hole. But it's a very expensive to extend full coverage because when it was implemented um, uh, back in 2007, the donut hole, it, there were very few drugs that were costing more than 10000 So this was a way of getting drug companies not to exceed the $10,000 threshold. Because people just weren't going to buy the product. They weren't going to buy the product. Because they couldn't. But now a growing number of brand new drugs are very targeted, and it's not uncommon for them to be twenty-five or even fifty or a hundred thousand dollars. What's a hundred thousand bucks? Um, the highest one, I it's not entirely uh, the drug treatment, but Gaucher's disease comes in with an annual cost of over three hundred thousand. What's that disease? I just uh, need to know what it is so I don't get it. it. I, it's a, it mostly, I think, genetic-related. Um, Good. But it, it occurs only in very, very rarely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Folks, it really m makes sense to stay healthy. <laughs> yes. And if, if you're within the sound of my voice, whatever you can do now, like quit smoking and start walking, it's going to help you out. All right, anything else on the drug, the donut hole? Yep, the donut hole is still there. It's been it's less deep, uh, less of a burden than it used to be, but it's still a big consideration in people with mid levels of drug spending. And the more generous prescription drug plans, the Part D plans, cover more of the donut hole. So what I'm going to do is uh, once again take calls. I stopped taking calls for a while because I had. A uh, lot of things I needed to get through, but now I, we're pretty much through that. And you, you stay another half an hour, it sounds sure. like. That's mm -hmm. really, really cool of you. And now, now if you have questions, let her rip. All right, it's WBZ, 617-254-1030. I hope you jotted your question down, because I bet if you had one and you didn't, I bet you forgot it. Because this is hard. Have any of you made a mistake? We'd like to hear about that. Not to gloat, or but just... So you can take us to school and we won't make that same mistake. I do know that someone didn't get one of the either part A or part B and ended up having the penalty. Mm -hmm. I want to tell a story about my uh, sister and brother-in-law who are now both uh, Medicare eligible and okay, good. getting Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Close. Here we go, Pat. What's up, Pat? Hi. Hi. Um, 
I do have a question. Um, I'm about to turn 65 in the next couple of months, and, you know, I've been hearing all sorts of things about the Medicare and signing up or not signing up, that sort of thing. And the latest advice I had gotten was because I still work um, for a pretty good company that's got pretty good health insurance. Um, I've been told if I sign up for anything to sign up now or can for Medicare A uh, because it doesn't cost me anything and that sort of thing and all too, but to keep my insurance through my uh, company. Uh, you had said something earlier, and I was a little concerned. What if my company changes insurances? Do I get penalized at all with Medicare? Because I know you said there are penalties if you don't sign up for certain ones. Um, I mean, would it be con- considered a termination of one insurance if I'm going to another insurance with my company? Or do you understand what I mean? Or so um, this is a great question. First of all, I would agree that you should sign up for Part A. It doesn't cost anything, and that just is sort of foundational for what you'll be having going forward. Um, in terms of if you are still working and you still have insurance, then you can switch at any time into using the Medicare uh, alternative to your um, private commercial insurance. Um, but uh, the fact that they switch plans is not a problem if the new plan that they're offering is still credible coverage. So if they started offering a plan that was inferior to credible coverage, so it was no longer eligible, then you would only have two months to decide, I need to get on Medicare. And probably you'll mm-hmm. realize that, and that would be a good thing to do anyway. Um, because right. yeah. So, and Randy, tell me if I'm wrong. But make sure your company issues you a letter that says your insurance, the insurance they provide you, is creditable in the eyes of Medicare. Right. That way, you cannot be in doubt. You'll be able to, Medicare will not be able to say, sorry, your insurance wasn't good enough, so you have to pay from now till eternity uh, some penalty. You need to get that. And I'm wondering if you also need to get it again if they switch so uh first you should ask your employer if they're large and they may have a human resources department that can provide that letter because it's not an uncommon request but i believe that the insurance company itself will also be the one that knows whether their plan uh, and they probably are providing it to your the employer so uh, many times when employers change coverage they actually just switch plans within the same insurance company um, but other times, if you uh, switch well, to a new company, it could be uh, a, a different um, letter needed. Yeah. Right, and it's very possible that could happen um, with who I work with and all, too. Uh, the rumor has it that they may change insurance companies again. And it's kind of interesting, too, because um, with the health plan I have and all now, and I was just trying to get some basic information and all and then all of a sudden I'm getting all this information from all these different companies and all and it's like no 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 I don't want to do that and because when I even checked with my human resources um, about the Medicare they say well we don't deal with it you got to speak to Social Security and of course that just put me in another quandary you know okay what do I do now but I checked with the Social Security office and like you said I can go ahead, sign up for the Medicare A, 
Um, but that's a good idea, and I will check um, both with my uh, human resources and, if I have to, with uh, my insurance company right. about mm-hmm. getting that credible letter. Um, good. Right. I know right now uh, the insurance I have is good, you know, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping if they do switch, it will also still be as good, too. Are you in a union? Excuse me? Are you in a union? Yes, I am. Good. You know what? Your hesitation, your hesitation, I think, told me who you work for. <laughs> am I right? Um, maybe. <laughs> I think that that's pretty. I gotta. I, I want to give myself a slap on the back if I'm right. That simple hesitation when I asked about a union tells me you work for a food service company. No. Oh, okay. I, I removed. I actually the... work in the medical field. Oh, all right. I thought you worked for Starbucks. I was Shopping. wondering why you were asking that. Yeah. Well, my bad. I removed that pat on the back for myself. Thank you very much, Pat. Now, the Randy, one other comment on hers is that uh, pay attention to the prescription drug side of your plan because you might also want to join a Part D plan when you decide to switch into Medicare. That's all. Mm-hmm. <sighs> all I'm right. going to get some friends, more friends like you, Randy, who are experts at this. That I can <laughs> check in. And we'll be, if you don't have anybody, we'll be your friend here at WBZ. Now it's time for your your family story, Randy. Oh, well, I was just uh, preparing for this uh, talk and uh, talking to my sister who is uh, Medicare eligible and switching in and going through the same process of uh, a choice. And my general advice, because I'm a tech savvy guy who likes to go online and compare things. Uh, and so I would say if you're not tech savvy, you would want to find a younger person who can help you with this process because it is very complicated and there's a lot of information online. But her comment, which was quite interesting, was, well, you know, actually you can just call in and it may take quite a while, but both the Social Security Administration and the individual health plans will be happy to walk you through the process over the phone as long as you have already signed up for your you know social security and have all the right information with you which can be quite an abundant so you can talk can't you talk to the private company before you're 65 to you could you could to find uh, out they might not be so enthusiastic about spending a lot of time if you're not willing to but, sign up yet well they don't know that i mean you as you approach you're going to have oh, yeah. to make if you're the over decision. 65 yeah. they don't know that's okay. right yeah mm-hmm. anything else no, so if you're tech good. savvy, yep. if good, if you're not, find somebody who is. I'm I'm tech savvy enough. It's just a matter of going online and comparing. I'm just not insurance savvy. Even comparing plans and the deductibles uh, just makes my mind numb. Hmm. Like this plan covers this, but not this, and this, but not this, and this plan covers this and not this. It's like I still don't know what's the net best for me. I kind of need a coach. It, it's sad that even as a a professional in the area it's complicated for me to choose my health plans at boston university because they offer two plans that are pretty different and it's an uh, it depends on what your expected costs are yeah. and your drug use and uh, a whole bunch of uh, different options mm-hmm. i like the union i'm in supply that's where we get the insurance you get two choices the good one and the not so good one and i like that right. let's go to bob in florida now Bob, how do you do, sir? How you doing? Good, Bob. Say hi to Randy. Hi. Randy. How you doing, Randy? I'm great, Bob. Thanks. How you doing, Bradley? Pretty well. 
My question is, is, is I'm going to be 64 in September, and I'm also a veteran. I was wondering if you have any expertise on anything I may have to, you know, the, that the VA may cover. I, I have no military disability or anything like that, but mm-hmm. my dad keeps yelling at me about he can get your prescriptions at the VA. Right. Um, I'm not an special expert on this area, but I do know that many people, um, both with private insurance as well as with Medicare, um, rely on the VA for both uh, low-cost prescription drugs as well as lots of uh, routine care. Typically, in many parts of the country, you have to, in Massachusetts, you often have to travel uh, uh, further to get to a VA provider. Um, but, you know, in Florida, you might be very close to uh, some facility or clinic. Um, Half a mile away. There you go. And so if you have a good relationship there, uh, actually the VA health facilities get very good quality reports. Uh, they went, despite all the controversy, they went from a relatively bad reputation 20, 25 years ago to being quite high quality. And uh, we have, a you know, a VA facilities in, in Boston, but... Um, you know, I think it's a very credible source to, especially if you could combine the prescription drugs from the VA instead of, um, you know, relying on a Part D uh, plan. What I'm not sure about is uh, I don't know that it will count as credible coverage if you eventually did decide you wanted uh, better coverage. And I also don't know whether the VA covers all of the I'll call them designer brand names of all these really expensive drugs. I, I think it's yeah. something to look into. Mm-hmm. Thanks, okay. Bob. Before we'll you go, Bob, aren't you glad yes, that sir. we have uh, protections now against pre-existing conditions now that you're getting old? Uh, I, uh, Bradley, I, I believe in single payer, so I'm probably the wrong person to ask. I think that's something we should have had about 30 years ago. So that would mean My you're, the right, you're the, the right person to ask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks a lot, Bob. Oh. All right. And thanks thank for your service. Ready, Randy, to field a couple of calls? Sure. we we'll go to Michael in Brookline. Hello, Michael. Uh, hi. So I will be turning 65 in about four months. I'm on a Mass Health Connector connector care plan. I didn't know if you might be familiar with whether that's something I could continue with or, or not. So... Um the connector has, I think, four different uh, providers, you know, or, you know, health uh, insurers that offer different plans. Um, Medicare plans? No, no. Okay. Mass Health is. A, oh, sorry, he's asking a question about uh, in Massachusetts the Medicaid program is called Mass Health. Okay. And but the no, con- it's not Mass Health. It's it's Connector Care. Oh, know, Connector Care. Okay, so this the is Mass the Health connector, this yeah. is the marketplace. Excuse right. Me. So this is the uh, the yes, I apologize. I I, yeah. I misspoke. So yes. Once you're 65, you have to do Medicare, don't yeah, you? They you're not eligible to stay in the marketplace or the connector once you reach age 65. You will be forced to go into uh, a Medicare-sponsored uh, plan. So all this stuff we've been telling you is spectacularly relevant. Because you'll have to make these choices. Now, what yes. you can do is look at the options m- made by whatever the you know organization you're in, whether it's United or Blue Cross Blue Shield or, or you know Network, and they mm-hmm. will be offering uh, plans in Medicare Advantage or possibly uh, supplementary policies. And then you could enjoy knowing that they're going to 
likely include the network of doctors and hospitals that you're used to using. That's the advantage oh, of sticking with that same um, group. Okay. Mm-hmm. It, it, and just one other question is, let's say a few years from now I get a job with an employer who, you know, provides health insurance, but, um, but I already went on Medicare. Can you, you then go back? Can you, can you then... Yes, you can. You could just okay. say uh, you have to inform Social Security that you want to discontinue your Part B premium payments or possibly, I guess, also your supplementary and uh, mm-hmm. uh, prescription drug. I'm less certain about the latter two, the Part uh, you know, D and the supplementary policies, uh, just because I assume that you can immediately go back in. I'm sure they can't turn you down. I would uh, believe that if, as long as you have credible coverage, they will welcome you back in and not charge you a penalty. For they're this only too happy to not be on the hook for your care. <clears throat> well, okay. no, they're losing their premium revenue. So, uh, but it's true that the, the supplementary but, but plans just because are not. Because you're on Medicare this. doesn't mean you always have to be on no, it. No, you can so, go if in so and. If it happens, off. you get it. You know, you continue working for many years. That's right. And for an employer that provides health insurance, make That's sure you right. get that letter of credible coverage for the when yeah. you're not in Medicare. Right. Okay. Thanks very much. Yeah. Geez, that was a good question. Very valuable. Gail in Beverly. Gail, hello. Hi, Gail. Hi. Um, I have some information for you about Medicare. First of all, uh, there is a phone number that you can call and they can send you a booklet, which is in front of me now. and It really explains a lot of um, uh, questions that you might want to ask. Is that Medicare and you? Medicare. Medicare, yes, that's what it is. Okay. Medicare and you, and I just got the book. Um, but it says one of the specific things is that you you automatically get Part A and Part B starting at the first day of the month. You turn sixty five. Right. Hold on. Um, I thought you had to buy Part B. No. Nope. So you don't automatically get Part B. It says right here in the med. I've got it right in front of me. Okay. Signing up from signing up for Medicare. Some people get A and B automatically, and these. Um, and this is what it, it says that you automatic if you already are getting benefits. Right. If you're social, already getting Social Security. From, yeah. Right. If you're already Medicare. Yeah. So you get the, A. You get you automatically get A and B um, starting at the first of the month. Let me just clarify. You're right. I'm sorry. What happens is when you turn 65, they start deducting your your premium for the Part B from your Social Security payment, and so it's sort of seamless to you that you go from if you start had already started your um, Social Security at an earlier age, you will then see a drop in your monthly uh, income from Social Security to pay for this Part. D, uh, part B premium. Uh, and that's, in the sense, you're right. You're getting it automatically. You didn't have to do additional signing up for it. But uh, if you choose to go into a Part C program, then you need to do that soon, like within uh, you know, th- two or three months of your um, turning 65. Uh, so that's your still your opportunity uh, to switch into your other alternatives, Part D and Part C. So you... If you're not getting your Social Security payments, will not get it automatically. No. If you are, they give it to you automatically. Even if, what if you're still working and taking your Social Security payments? 
So uh, that's a good question. You may not want this automatic deduction of the premium if you already have, or if you're still getting your like private, uh, you know, salary along with your Social Security, and you have commercial insurance. This is um, all so, very. So you have to be careful that they are not, you know, just starting to deduct your premium even though you don't want to use Part B. Um, so that's very relevant. The other issue that comes up is lots and lots of people who are still working uh, don't want to uh, start their Medicare um, benefits right away. Or I, I, let me restate it. You might still be working, but you don't have great insurance from your employer, and you do want to start your, um, your part, benefit under Part B, but you don't want to get Social Security yet. You want to wait till it has a right. higher value, in which case you have to set up a direct pay from some bank account for your premium, or that's the most common way you would do it, that you have to have an ability to pay this Part B premium or Part C premium, if you choose to go into Part C, out of some bank account. Uh, oh, you can't just write them a check. You could write them a check. It's but not worth the, it. You it's, want it's, auto pay. You want some auto pay feature because it's going to be uh, painful, you know, to... Can you pay a year in advance? I don't know. I don't Because know that would that. minimize the chance you forget, which would be a terrible thing. You know, yes. it's a bummer if you have auto pay and you lose a credit card. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you're paying with a credit card. I guess if you have a if you're auto paying with a bank account that's different. But sometimes if you auto pay with a credit card and you lose the card, then you get a new card, mm -hmm. and you th you forget. Yeah. You think you're still paying and you're not, and you get on the you're, you become. I'm pretty sure they won't let you pay any of your premiums for Medicare type enrollment with credit cards. Okay. So, yeah. So it's need to be a d either out of your Social Security, which is the easy one. Yeah. Or a direct pay out okay. of a bank account. Now this is. Only tangentially related. Just as a personal strategy. Say you don't really need the Social Security payment, but just as a strategy, you could take it when you're 62 and a half, or you can wait till 70. Those are the two boundaries. Mm -hmm. Generally, what should you do? Given the, if you seem pretty healthy and the, the, the general lifespan of the male or female in the United States, what's the sweet spot for most people? If you are not financially uh, strapped, you know, if, you, yeah. if you're not worried about how you're going to uh, survive in the next few years, either because you have a job or you have some assets saved, then you should try to delay starting Social Security because you get an extra 9% for the rest of your life each year you can postpone. I think 8%. That's 8%. 8%? Extra 8%. So if you had a benefit that was going to pay you $500 at age uh you know, 62, then you'll get 8% more than that. So that would be, you know, uh, an extra $40 a month for the rest of yeah. your life. And Is that going to make up for the $500 you did not get for those eight years? Uh Yes, if you have your the how long do you have person, to live to make that break even? It's it's a rank eleven years. So if you're planning to live to seventy five, I don't you know. Don't think you're going to live to seventy five. Then is when you might want to uh, take um, earlier well, you're reduction. A, you're a great 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 guest, and hopefully, I'm hoping you had a good time. You'll come back and do this exact same thing again. Because it's hard to remember all this. <laughs> would you maybe come back in the future? I would. I yes. hope you had fun. Okay. Thanks so much. It's late, and we really appreciate it. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.